0: What it means to write your own ticket. Um, So we're going to jump into this um, um, because I am going to systematically take my sweet time and teach this because um, I have never seen stuff like this before. And the Lord gave me an experience again yesterday. So let's jump into this. I'm going to just start out with the statement that says in worldly things, men are ambitious as much as possible to get as high as they can. In other words, how many now? Some of you, I'm sure, are not going to be honest, but we'll see. We, got a pretty, much, we pretty much got an honest church, but we're going to see today. <laughs> but how many of you know, if we would judge ourselves correctly and be honest with ourselves, in most cases in the past, when it came to an apartment or a house, you always purchased right up to what you could afford. Okay? Why? Because you always want the best. Okay? It's something on the inside of you that tells you, I am worthy of a mansion. So so you might be working at at McDonald's, but you still go out there and try and stretch. That's how a lot of us got in trouble and claim bankruptcy and different things like that. How many know when it comes to the car? Okay, pretty much most of the time, the car that you drive, that you're driving is right up to the one that you can afford. As a matter of fact, you went right up to what you can afford. And then you went past that and said, I'm a Christian. I'm going to exercise faith for the extra two hundred dollars a month. Oh, Lord, here we go. Okay. Same thing when it comes to vacation. I mean, you go on vacations right up to what you can afford. You know, if you go to a concert or a play, you know, you, how many know, when you go to a concert or a play, you generally look for the best seats. And then when you see how much the best seats cost, you then determine if your budget can match the best seats. And when you see that it doesn't, you start scaling it back. Well, OK, well, those seats cost one hundred and fifty dollars, but I got a seventy dollar budget. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. And it's amazing how I can do those scenarios and create those scenarios, you know, for hours. And with every scenario, we go right up to we can, what we can afford and then go a little bit past that. So that shows you the mentality that we have of wanting the best. We want the best. We want to be the best. We want to drive the best. We want to live in the best. We want to have the best clothes, the best food. We want to have all of those things that are the best. And so we stretch ourselves and get in trouble doing it. And so that same desire that you always have um, to experience the best is the same. Now multiply that times a million when you get to heaven. And so the, the 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 thing that is sad for most but is good for us is that you can write your own ticket for eternity. Now as much as we talk about that, we're exercising our faith and we're going to accomplish some great things and I got great plans for 2018. I ain't even thinking about the rest of my life. I'm thinking about two, I'm trying to make the rest of my life show up in 2018. Would you agree? Okay. So, so, but, but, but the truth be told, for many um, in this world, um, they, re- they won't ever get to that desire. They won't get that business. They won't make that money. They'll stay in debt until they die. All of those things. But and sometimes it's because of the opportunities that we've been given. Sometimes we just don't have business savvy to create a multi-million dollar business. Sometimes because of our education or the field that we're called to be in, it just doesn't allow us to make all of that type of money. It's different, though, when it comes to eternity. In eternity, whether... You are homeless or a billionaire, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a CNO, whether you're a pastor or you're somebody that sweeps the floors of the janitor. Everybody can write their own ticket for eternity equally. And, and, and that is very, very much a, uh, let's read Jeremiah 33.3, 3, amplified version. I uh, I'm going I'm to I'm explain something first. I had a small experience and I just want to give you a little something first because of where we're going. Jeremiah thirty three three says this is a prayer. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. That's to amplify. OK, so God says, call unto me and ask me to show you what you can't see, what you can't understand, which tells you that there's tons of stuff out there. And around us that we just can't see and understand. I like the message Bible's version of it. It says, Jeremiah 33, two through three. This is God's message. The God who made earth made it livable and lasting, known everywhere as God. Call to me and I will answer you. I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you can never figure out on your own. I love the message Bible's version of that. OK, so how I many know it's a whole lot of stuff we can't figure out on our own? And it's deep. The stuff we think we can figure out on our own. We actually can't figure out on our own. We just think we can figure it out on our own. One of the best statements that I heard is following your own way is what got you into the ditch. Therefore, following your own way will never get you out. The only way to get out of a hole is to then follow someone else's way who knows how to get you out of the ditch. And that's Jesus. So based on that, when you start because this is a prayer, you should be praying every day. But I just want to give you a note in regards to how God will begin to do it based on the experience I had yesterday Exodus 33:17 through 23 because Moses made a request and he said the Lord replied to Moses I will because Moses asked the Lord to show him his glory the Lord replied to Moses I will indeed do what you have asked for I will look favorably on you and I know you by name Moses responded then show me your glorious presence the Lord replied I will make all my goodness pass before you. Okay, so Moses said, let me see your glorious presence. And the Lord said, I'll answer that prayer by showing you my goodness. And I I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. The Lord continued. Look, stand near me on this rock. As my glorious presence passes by, I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. But my face will not be seen. (laughs) You know, that's crazy. Now, listen to Moses request. Let me see your glorious presence. And the Lord said, You can't handle that. What you can handle is after I have passed by completely, I will hold, I will put you in a rock area. Hold my hand up so that you can't see me. And then after I go past, I'll pull it away just so you can see my backside just a tad. That's all you can handle. So when you start asking God for experiences like I have, because one of the prayers that I have been praying is for the Lord to give me more heavenly experiences. So that I can better explain things to the people that he has um, put me over. And so, um, you know, me studying this eternity series and me praying this way, I was reading yesterday. And let me say something about these experiences. Um, They will never be given to the degree that you want them because you can't handle it. And whatever they do allow you to see, feel or experience, it'll come when you least expect it. And so. um, So yesterday. I was reading and I was studying about eternity because, you know, I've always known that we talk about eternity, but we really can't grasp it. You know what I'm saying? We really can't grasp what it means to live forever. You can't grasp that. And that this is just a temporary realm and that you're going to end up living forever. And after a billion years, you'll still be living. You know what I'm saying? And I was reading that and I came across the scripture and the Lord seems to be in this feeling mode with me where he's not showing me stuff. He's just letting me feel it. And all I can say is, is that um, um, I started to feel weird. And so I set the the Bible or iPad down. I set the iPad down and the Lord took me into eternity. And as soon as he took me, as soon as he let me feel eternity, I start backing up like this. It scared me. It scared the living daylights out of me. And I, it's no way to explain. It's no way, it's no way to explain eternity while you're living in time. And it's, <laughs> y'all turn, y'all phones on vibrate when y'all come in here. There's no way to explain eternity while you're living in time. And the reason why it was so scary is because I was experiencing it. He let me experience experience it. While I knew that what I was doing was affecting it. I, I don't even know why I told you all this because you can't explain it. It was it was like you ever seen these movies and the room becomes really, really long like it goes into the future. That's what happened to my room. And it was just like it just shot out and it's moving forward. But as eternity is moving forward, I begin to back up. I mean, I, I'm talking about it scared the living daylights out of me. I mean, it was just like I just began to push back and then it stopped because the Lord knew I couldn't handle it. It was that quick. Let me tell you something. This is very, very, very scary in that every aspect of what we do is affecting that realm. How many of you have been to the river and you throw a pebble? Okay. I want you to remember simple. The pebble represents the decision that you made, but the ripple effect that you see represents the eternity. So every time you make a decision, boom, it's a ripple effect that goes on forever. You make this decision, boom, it's a ripple effect that goes on forever. And you can't change it. The only thing you can do is redeem it. Okay. And so it's going to take a minute for us to teach this. But when you grasp it, now I understand, you know what? I just realized something. I think I might have messed up my own teaching. That's all right, though. Okay. So as a result of what I experienced, I then realized that I can't wait to teach everything. I have to do everything that I can to bring y'all up to speed as fast as possible. Um, you can put the name of this book up here. You can take a picture of it or just check it out later. It's a Life God Rewards by Bruce Wilkinson, and um, and so and this gentleman, Bruce Wilkinson, in 1985, I was still in high school. In 1985, he said he began to read the Bible. And he began to read certain things about what Jesus said about the other side and rewards. And he noticed it was the total opposite of what all the preachers were preaching. So what this guy did was he did a five year study on eternity. A five year its the only thing he studied day in and day out. He studied the reward system in the Bible. That's for eternity for five years straight. He said five years later. And binder after binder and after binder that made up a whole library in his house. He then took this finding and he went to a university. You can read this in the book. He went to a university and he sat down with a bunch of uh, seminary. uh, What do you call those guys? Thank you. Theologians, theologians, scholars and philosophers. And he presented his case to him, to them. And he said, at first, all he wanted to do was debate it. He said, but as he kept presenting the case, they didn't, realize, they didn't realize that they had all lost their reward. So what's interesting is, is that there's supposed to be some DVDs. I purchased the book, read it in two days, and the book gives a it gives a brief overview of the entire thing. Um, it's not it's not as detailed as what I'm going to preach, you know, but there were some things that I greatly gleaned from. It was somebody at the Sunday location told me about it. They said, hey, man, you got to check this guy out. And so and I said, well, I I can't find anybody else that is taught on this subject. So and I know that if I'm the only person that I know that I'm teaching on it, then I know that also I don't have everything. Y'all got me. So I said, I need to go find out what this guy has said and add it to my equipment. And uh, but that's the name of the book, A Life God Rewards by uh, Bruce Wilkinson. And uh, he brings out several things in that. And I encourage you to do that. And so as a result of what I have been learning, I'm just kind of setting the tone here. Because you're, let me say something. You're going to have to be prepared to change your beliefs, change your doctrines, okay? Change what you have been taught. Change what you feel. You're gonna to have to change a whole bunch of stuff because this right here is getting ready to warp your entire thinking. I understand the scripture that Jesus said in Matthew seven thirteen through fourteen. I've read this scripture for years. <clears throat> he said you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad or wide, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Okay? It says only a few. When God says a large amount, he means a large amount. When God says a few, he means a few. Okay? And so this teaching that we are experiencing, most people in the planet will not even unfortunately hear it is as I'm studying this every day now I'm spending hours now I can't I mean I spend I'll spend I'll spend a couple of hours I don't know like today I spent I don't know how many hours I spent studying it and then I'll spend an equal amount of time just leaning my head back and thinking about my own life. I mean, it has really, really, really messed me up, folks. Let me tell you something. You better be good and grateful that you are hearing this information before you die. Because it's, uh, next to going to hell, this is worse, is to not abide by this. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. And I'm going to keep reading the same scriptures for the first few weeks to get it locked on the inside of you. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's a command, folk. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. For you have died to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. Remember this statement for the rest of your life. It is your belief that allows you to enter heaven. It is your behavior that determines how you live there. Remember that. It is your belief in Jesus Christ that allows you to go to heaven. Let me, let me rephrase it. It is your belief in Jesus Christ while you live on planet Earth that allows you to go to heaven. It is your behavior on planet Earth that will determine how you live there. That's very important. Very important. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And I might even push through this and then see if y'all have a couple of questions, because, uh, you know, this weekend we have this documentary that we're showing, you know, but then the following weekend, y'all, I'm cranking when I tell you I'm cranking. I'm cranking. All of this stuff is going on. Social media is going on our website. Video wise, we cranking. we add music scores to this. When I tell you, I am going to crank because one of the things that I believe the Lord is leading me to do is talk about the character and the rewards on the weekends. But talk about the supernatural through the week. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. This is the amplified version. Do not gather and heap up and store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust and worm consume and destroy and where thieves break through and steal. But gather and heap up and store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor worm consume and destroy and where thieves do not break through and steal for where your treasure is there will your heart be also. So here's another example and another command where they said, don't lay up all of this stuff on planet Earth. Let me tell you something. See, I'm going to see. I can't wait till the end of the year. I got to start giving you all hints Now, there seems to be two things that had that two actions. Let's put it this way. There seems to be two actions, two things that you do that seemingly produce more rewards than anything else. Evangelism and money. When you study the scripture carefully, it, it almost started bothering me how much the rewards on the other side were attached to how much you give. And then I realized something that I realized a few months ago is that the enemy's job is to trick you to put all of your money into debt. So that you have zero to stack of rewards on the other side. I want you to imagine what would happen right now if you were if you, if you had no house note, you had car note, no car note, and you had no credit card bills. And I want you to imagine what could happen, what would happen if you could take easily half of your paycheck and not only just tithe and give to the church, but you could go out there every single day on purpose and look for people to bless. Look for poor people to help. Go to places on your own. Fund your own projects. Do you all see what I'm saying? Okay. And so because when you see when you see how this operates, it was literally something where just with your money alone, you were supposed to go out every single day and look for someone you could give to. So that it would stack up something on the other side. It is unreal how much the scripture says. So, you know, I mean? now, you know, this now, because, you know, you know, how I am. Let me tell you, I have a wise suggestion for everybody. I suggest with this tax return that y'all are going to get that you do two things, possibly three. I suggest that you sow. I suggest that you save. <laughs> and I suggest that you use it to get out of debt. And whatever you sow into the church, name that seed debt freedom. I, up until this point, was concerned about getting debt free for this and for that, for this. Nope, nope, nope. I, my number one, because, you know, we say that all the time. You know, we need more money so we can sow into the kingdom. Y'all ain't thinking about sowing into no kingdom. You're thinking about tithing, giving a little offering, and buying a brand new car. You can sit up here and pretend all you want to, because if God gave you the money, that's exactly what you would do. Y'all sitting up here like, no, I'm telling you. I would do the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought too. Until that six figures hit my hand, it's all gone. I don't even know where it's going to. Just gone. We always think we're going to do. It. You know what? I can tell you. Let me tell you how you can tell what you would do. Whatever you do with your tax return is exactly what you would do if God gave you a hundred grand. Some of y'all are like, yeah. Well, I already failed that test. Okay. So. I I'm, I'm encouraging you because evangelism, it seems to be kind of three things. Evangelism, what you do with your money and the prayer seems to be in there as the top, top three. OK, so let me show you something. Yeah. And I'm going to see you, you might have a couple of questions in regards to this. We talked about this past Saturday. I just want you to have these so you can have this written down so you can start doing your own study. If you waiting on me to teach everything, you moving too slow. I should be confirming what you got in your own personal private time. If we all have the same Holy Spirit, he's not going to tell you anything differently than what he told me, unless you have a pride problem. This thing was never set up for you to learn everything for some preacher. It was set up. Let me tell you something. When I was when I when I went to my previous church, okay. It was mostly him confirming what I was getting. Now I learned a whole bunch, don't get me wrong, but it shouldn't be that every single weekend for the next 15 years you got pages of notes so big that you can just start your own library. Somewhere along the line, you're a Christian walk, okay? You should be out of church and you only have to take a couple of notes because you already know what he's saying. Well, you know you're not gonna hear that, unfortunately. At most places, they want you to lean on them. Lean on me. <laughs> OK, so this first one is the seven things that provide building materials for your home in heaven. OK, if you, have, if you need to take a picture of it, that's wonderful. Y'all gone. Let me tell you something. I, I was there. There are some things that I was struggling with still personally, church wise. That's done and over with completely. done. When I tell you I will fellowship with anybody that wants to fellowship with us other the church. But right now I am disconnected from almost every single preacher I know, period, because of what they teaching is how to live here, not in the hereafter. Everything is, it's another conference about this. It's another conference about that. It's another conference about this. And most of the conferences are nothing but a glorified version of a Sunday morning service. The only difference is you got to pay for the conference. That's what most of it is. And nothing changes after the conference. Nobody... It just goes right back to the Sunday morning service. I am done with that, y'all. We are about to live Christianity. We're about to be on the street. We're about to be going up in stores and give y'all. I got a whole plan. I'm telling you, somebody is gonna have to. And I've been tired, but the Lord has given me the answers now. Because see, one of the things, do you realize do you want to know the one thing that I have realized more than anything else during this study? Is why Christians are confused. Nobody knows what their purpose is because none of these ignorant preachers tapped into the Holy Spirit to find out, oh, your number one purpose is to prepare to live forever. And the Lord has us. See, watch this. If, if some of us work a job where we don't make that money. Make as much money as we want to. Guess what? We just go to a church conference. We believe in God for a promotion, and we believe in God to get out of there. And we believe in God. Everybody can't be a gazillionaire. Everybody can't own their own business. Everybody can't have a promotion. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? And, some, and sometimes what the body, of, what what preachers have done is, is that they have made you feel like you are inferior, inferior if you don't have as much as somebody else. Or you don't make it as so much as somebody else. Or you're inferior if you're single and somebody else got a wonderful family. You're inferior if, if, uh, if a married couple got two kids and you don't have any kids. You're inferior if you work at McDonald's and this guy's a CEO. When actually what you will find is sometimes the people that have the least, that are going to have the most on the other side. I'm two seconds from like, Lord, can somebody else be in charge of this? No, you got the right heart, so I'm putting you in charge. It's the ones that don't want it that God gives it to Is the ones that want it, that he keeps it from them forever. So these are just seven things that you need to provide. I was never told this. Prayer, and like I told them Sunday. Let me just read the thing first. I'm interrupting myself and trying to preach. Prayer, worship and praise. Prayer, time in the word, tithing, giving, serving, and evangelism. And that first thing, you're going to be like, ain't no way in the world. What, what type of, this sounds like some type of fairy tale, some new doctrine you have created. Mm-hmm, it sounds like that when you don't know the Bible. I mean, when I went to Yongi Cho's Church, I man with the biggest church in the world, okay? And, and when that man said, I will never forget this as long as I live. When that man said he prayed for 21 hours a day, for 29 days straight, Over one issue. I was like no that's not true. It's amazing what we say is not true. Like we know the person. We the Holy Ghost or something like that. I said no that he made a mistake. He misspoke. No that's not true. Then I read it in the magazine later on. But then. And then he shared another story. That was even crazier than that. Okay. About what happened at the end of. The 21. Hours a day. 29 days straight. It was a contest between him and some Buddhists. (laughs) It was that's what it was that it was a contest. And the contest was, if you can get this done right here, supernaturally with this group of people, we will let you open up a church in this area. Otherwise, we're not going to let you do it. So he said, fine, I, I accept the contest. And so so he immediately went to that situation and it was a dead zero. wasn't nothing going to budge. So he went into 21 days of fa- 29 days of fasting and prayer and because they gave him 30 days to do it. He said at the end of the 30 days, he was in his church and he said he was praying fast and on the last day, y'all take your stuff all the way to the end. We give up on day two because we got a headache. Take your stuff all the way to the end. He said on the last day, he said he was sitting there praying. He said he said all of the church doors opened at the same time. He said that he flew open and he said a beam came in levitating. And from the waist down, it was a snake. He said, from the waist up, it was a naked woman. It was the beautiful woman he had ever seen in his life. And as the woman levitated towards him, listen what she said. You don't have to cast me out of this region. Can't we just live together in harmony? Because his 21 hours a day was destroying stuff he could not see. And when they got to the end, the enemy walked. be quiet. And then, you ever, you ever, you ever took somebody by the hand? You ever seen this? You take uh, a guy will take somebody by the hand. He'll just squeeze it real hard. And the guy pretend like, You ain't doing nothing. Now he's hurting like crazy, but he'll pretend like you, you're not doing nothing. You're not doing nothing. This is not even phase me, man. My grandmother can squeeze harder than this. And the guy keeps on squeezing, and the guy holds on as long as he can, finally says, Okay, 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 okay. I can't take it. Well, that's what the devil will do. He won't let you see him sweat. You'll be destroying his kingdom. He puts up a front and laugh right in your face. we we'll have to cast demons out of people. They laugh right in our face. You ain't doing nothing. You have no power, but they're liars. So anyway, so he spoke to this being. I know I got y'all out here in the abyss again. He spoke to this being, said, no, God did not call me to live in harmony with demonic spirits. He called me to have dominion. When he said that, he said the rest of the woman turned into a full snake. So I can't remember the rest of the story. It really got crazy. The Lord then split his spirit apart. and He was in two locations at the same time. It got really weird. So me being the young, dumb American preacher that I was back then, don't even have a church. I'm just an, a minister at another church. And, and, and wait a minute. Sorry. I wasn't even a minister. I was just at the church. Wasn't even serving at that moment. <laughs> so the pastor lost his mind because the Holy Spirit tricked him into taking me to the other side of the planet to this church. So I'm over there. And it's amazing how you can have nothing and do nothing but think, you know, everything. And so uh so that was the first sign that the Lord was showing me, "Boy, please, are you on the other side of the planet trying to judge, living in an apartment? I mean I'm telling you,, See, I, let me tell you something, oh, I don't have a problem being transparent. I'm not going to heaven and living in no garage. I have no problem telling you all of my craziness and how the Lord delivered my foolishness. Here you are at a church, living in an apartment. You are at the largest church in the world. Don't have a clue the price this man paid. And you're talking about it ain't true. And I never get the Holy Spirit told me. He said, oh, it's true. He said, this man, this man prays longer than you sleep. Therefore, he has experiences that you can't even imagine. Never forgot that. I was like, mm. Put me in check. Okay. So that was a nice side story, but... But, uh, yeah, so we were talking about how, you know, you may think, oh, this is some fairy tale. These are the seven things. When you see this stuff in Scripture, you're going to scratch your head like, okay, this has been in the Bible for 2,000 years, and then nobody is teaching this? I want you to get, wrap this around your mind. Every single day from the time you get up to the time you go down, you are creating your eternity every day. And nobody told us this. Now, when I know that everything, every single day, y'all, let me tell you something. It becomes very, very difficult for me now to get attitudes about stuff I used to get attitudes about before. It becomes very, very difficult to disobey God. It becomes very, very difficult for you to listen to them voices in your head. It becomes very, very difficult when you get the full revelation of there's an angel with a clipboard next to you writing down everything. I'm appalled at the number of scriptures. And I'm telling you something, y'all. I... I'm sorry, I'm just frustrated, y'all. I wish I had known this when I got saved. I gotta play catch up. Better to play catch up though, than to go to the other side and don't even know it until you get there. And the Lord Nobody told me this. Well, unless last time I checked, you got two eyes and a brain and the ears, and you can read the Bible yourself. Worship and praise, prayer. And you know what I told them was so important? You know what's so important about this group right here? What's so important about this group right here is I told them, I didn't share this Saturday, but I shared it Sunday. How many of you know that whether you live in an apartment, you live in a little small home or you live in a nice, nice home? No matter where you go, it's nothing like just going back home. You can go on the most wonderful, the best vacation I have been on is when we went to Hawaii for seven days. OK, somebody else blessed us with that vacation. It was the best. That vacation was so powerful. We still carry it today. Most, we stayed in and the room that we stayed in cost something like I don't know 1300 dollars a night. Um, it was right on the ocean. It was the beautiful villas, and that it, we had so much peace. And even as glorious as that vacation, the rooms were so expensive. It came with his own luxury car. But after seven days, we were sitting over there on the other side of the planet saying, "It's time to go home." Why? Because there's just something about where you live. That's where your peace is. That's where your foundation is. OK, it's supposed to be a place that you come to and you can settle, you can relax, you can disengage. OK, I'm home now. It doesn't matter if you live in some little rinky dink apartment. If you've got to drive a long way from from some outfit, some job, you know, when you're driving through the rain and the snow, when you get home, it doesn't matter if you've got a rinky dink apartment. You're just glad to be. Would you all agree? Yes. See, so so God understands that your home is where your peace is. So this is the reason why they created this scenario, why this is so important for us to get our home in heaven right. Because this is the place you're going to live forever. Y'all, forever is, never mind, we don't know what forever is. I got a small glimpse of it. I mean, there are experiences that I, I'll have to ask. I can't explain, I can't explain my room moving forward, and as it's moving forward, I'm backing up. And I was like, the feeling of eternity just, and I i saw nothing, but the, but the Lord let me feel it And I backed off of it. I mean, that thing scared me so bad. I cannot explain how that thing scared me. There is no, there are, you know, let me tell you something. horror movies that you see are not really scary compared to the other side. God's beauty is more terrible than a horror movie. It's, it's hard to explain. That's why the Bible says God is both wonderful and terrible. You know, his, his glory His. I mean, think about it with Moses. He said, I can only just let you see my backside and just part of that. You can't even see me and live. You can look at a horror movie and live. But God is so awesome that there's nothing on planet Earth that could remotely produce the fear that you would have standing before God. Nothing close. I'm trying to go into that scenario as right as possible, y'all. I'm not trying to go in there with nothing, man. I need, man. I want the man. <sighs> so that's the seven things. And see, I want to show you that. Because you can look at that right now and determine if you're lacking. You need to be having a good, you need to have a small amount of time at least worshiping and praising God at home. You need to be praying at home. You need time in the word. You should be tithing and you should be, I ran across the scripture today about tithing. I just closed the book. I was like, oh God, I cannot believe this stuff is right there written about what you're doing, producing for the other side. Tithing, giving, serving, and evangelism. Now, those are the seven things you practice, but then these next four things will are the mentality you're supposed to have or to show you where your mentality is. The four things that strengthen and determine your motives are these, love, humility, sacrifice, and persecution. Okay, so those are four things that you also have to have. Now, those four things, those are the mentalities and the things that you have to practice while you do the other seven, Y'all with me? Yes. And so that's why in the Bible it says, now you can pray in tongues all you want to, but without love, just a clanging cymbal. Right. You can give all you want to, but it says without love you have wasted your time. It says you can give your body to be burned. That's sacrifice and persecution. But without love, <clears throat> nothing. Y'all see what I mean? Yes. Humility. Bible says the person that is humble is the one that is the what? Greatest in the kingdom of God. It didn't say nothing about, y'all, when, you, when the Bible talks about who is the greatest on the other side, it says nothing about preachers. It says nothing about how long you pray, how many scriptures you can rehearse. The devil knows more scripture than all of us put together. It don't say nothing about your praise and worship. It don't say nothing about your giving. It says the person that is the greatest is the one who walks in the most humility. I don't know why I'm going to throw this in. Do y'all, Any of y'all remember the story in Acts? Oh, God, this is so good. I can't wait to teach this stuff. No, skip teaching it. I can't wait to start doing all of this stuff. Y'all, Y'all, I was studying this stuff for y'all and writing down my checklist. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm practicing this every single day. Every time I get paid, I'm going to tell my wife, set some cash aside. I'm giving to every single man that's holding up a sign on the street. I will. I don't care. Now you understand why Jesus said, don't be worried about interviewing the poor. He said, give to them." See, what the body of Christ has done is is that we have come up with excuses why we can't obey God in case we get burned. When there was never designed, design, you were supposed to get burned. <laughs> Sacrifice. Persecution. Need to take a drink for a second. Yeah, drink of water if you're listening online. Start doing the video, they'll be able to see. But you never know, vodka looks clear too. <laughs> People be doing all type of crazy stuff. Okay? So, love, humility, sacrifice, persecution. Any of you remember in the book of Acts, let me just show you a, a money principle. Um, when it came to salvation, when it came to the first Gentile that could get saved, the first one, okay. I remember that salvation was only for the Jews at first. But then uh, Peter was on the housetop. You have to read the book of Acts here, the story. Peter was on the housetop, and the Lord gave him a vision of all of these animals on a sheet. And he said, Peter, rise up and kill these animals and eat them. And Peter said, No, 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 Lord, I can't do that because according to the law, these animals are unclean. I can't touch them. He said, What I have cleansed. Don't you call unclean. So the Lord used animals to sim- he used unclean animals to symbolically represent the Gentiles who were unclean for salvation. That's why I keep telling people, now it's okay for you to eat if you got a particular diet and you're trying to do certain things with your health. But the reason why God said to stay away from certain foods in the Old Testament didn't have nothing to do with health. It was symbolic. And if he did tell us to stay away from it. Now, in the New Testament, that's why he said you can't eat anything. Now, it doesn't mean you should eat anything. But if you, deci- if you decide to eat anything, the Bible says you have not sinned. Now, you might have some cholesterol issues, <laughs> but you have not sinned. The Bible makes it clear. If you want to have chocolate-covered ats for dessert, you can have at it. The Bible says that tar- 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 Tarzan, John the Baptist was in the wilderness eating grasshoppers. That's all he ate was honey and grasshoppers. That's it. Bugs. Okay. uh, uh-uh. Can't do it, y'all. There's certain things. I don't need to know what this is. I don't need to know what this is. I just need to try it if it looks okay. And then tell me 10 years later when I'm hooked on it. That's what happened with calamari. If I had known what calamari was? Well, I never would have been into that, but it was too late. You know, I just thought it was some type of fish or something. I, like, for example, oh this is so retarded, this is so ignorant. I had never tasted scallops until I went over to my sister's house, and because I was really I was really, really fishy when it came to seafood. Uh, you literally cannot make this stuff up. Can't believe I just did that, as they say, no pun intended. Okay, so I was really, let's say, squirrely when it came to. That's not even either. Y'all know what I'm saying. I was fickle when it came to seafood. So I, so because of that, I really didn't even know what scallops was until I went over to my sister house. When I it at that, I was like, oh, oh, I have been deceived by the devil. I have missed out on my entire life. But it's weird. I can eat scallops and I can have crab, but I can't touch crawfish. I, crawfish, it just looks, no, no. No, that looked like eating grasshoppers. What the, oh, okay. Well, I guess the crab that you were eating ain't no big monster, huh? Like that. You can eat the big monster, but you can't. Anyway, I don't even know. Oh, okay. I'm telling the story up. So the Lord came to vision and said, boom. Okay, the Gentiles, I showed you this because now the Gentiles can be clean through Jesus Christ. Now it's interesting. The Bible wanted you to know that the first Gentile To be saved, an angel was sent to his house, and the angel said, send your servants, and watch this, call for the man of God to come to you, not you go to the man of God. He said, the angel told him, go to this guy, ask him, okay, to meet with him, he'll show you the way to salvation. And the scripture wanted you to know that God picked him first because of two things, how much he gave and how much he prayed. What what did the angel say? The angel said, we picked you first because your giving and your praying came up as a memorial before God. And because of that interactive realm that everything that you're doing on planet Earth is affecting your eternity, we see how serious you are with this. So we made sure that you got saved first. All of this stuff is in the Bible. I don't know what's being preached before. And the stuff that's being preached, it's been pretty good. But most of what's being preached is how to survive planet Earth. Most of these conferences are now about how to tap into your gazillionaire status. And, and, and y'all know what I'm saying. And, and most people are not tapping into that. You know why? Because it's not based on that. It was based on you sacrificing your life. Whew, I don't want to. I'm, I'm. Okay. And then I'll put up these. Next one is because the, these four things are pretty much all everything It's all it's everything concerning the reward system is all in there. So first one was the seven things you need to do to make sure that your home in heaven is built completely. The Second thing is the four things that uh, um, strengthen and determine your motives. Love, humility, sacrifice, persecution. Okay. When you, y'all, y'all remember the scripture? What did Jesus say about persecution? He said, when they persecute you, he said, no, he said three things. He said, run, shout, and leap for joy. He said, run, shout, and leap for joy because what? Great is your reward in heaven. So every time you get persecuted, instantly they stack something up. Instantly they chase something. See, this is what I mean by we teach, we're teaching people how to survive down here, and the Bible is teaching how to live forever. And, it's, and, it's, and when you study this, you don't need how, y'all, this is that part. You don't even have to study it carefully. You just got to read it and accept it for what it says. It makes it very clear that the negative things that you go through, it produces something. When they don't give you the raise, it produces something. When you have to forgive somebody, it produces something. Everything that you do with your money. And see, that's the biggest, see, it's, that's the biggest trick in the world is that the enemy has created a system by which we have tied up all of our money into something that the Bible calls. Do y'all want to know what the Hebrew word for debt is snake bite. The Hebrew word for debt is snake bite. Because when you get by a snake, get bit by a snake, you just slowly get your life sucked out of you. And that's what debt does. Okay. You finance a $30,000 house at the typical interest rate over 30 years, you have paid for that house three times. I mean, it's just crazy. And so now because you pay, well, and that's a $30,000. It doesn't matter. You get a $120,000 house. And by the time you finance it for 30 years, and then sometimes we do refis and you end up paying for more, you end up paying for the house three times. And so now you got, what's one hundred and twenty-five, dollars $250,000 that should have been money in your bank that you gave for a house that didn't even cost $125,000 because it's all made out of wood and brick. So when I tell you we need to be getting out of debt, number one, so that we won't give it to these clowns and to the banks. And and these little fees, Internet fees and special fees. I tell on time, you do realize all these fees is just your way of just robbing the public. A five dollar Web night. How does a website need to be maintenance? The thing is electronic. It runs on its own. All these little fees, overdraft fees, you know, you got a fee just because you got an account. You know, they got a fee if you don't save a certain amount. This is all just robbery and thievery. This is all it is. Okay? And so the devil has done a masterful job of, watch this. Now, if people do tithe, they do that shaking, and that's all they do. This is what a lot of people do. They give a tithe, and they give a $5 an offering. You know why? Because all of our money is tied up in stupid stuff. And our money being tied up in stupid stuff, the Lord meant for us to use our money to finance our eternity. Yes. <laughs> so it's going to take me a whole, I won't be surprised if we're on this the whole year. But let me tell you something. This is going to transform the way that you think. You are no longer, I mean, there are, that's, that's, y'all, that's the reason why there are people sitting around in churches hoping that they get called to be a preacher. You know why? Because they preaching, that's the only thing that is success. And let me tell you something. The person that is in most danger of losing everything is the one that preaches it. Because the Lord revealed it to you first. You studied it. You learned it, got the revelation of it, taught it to other people, but then didn't do it. And so honestly, I'm just giving you an inside of my life. I'm like, Lord, I need some wisdom then on because I need some wisdom here because I need to know. I need to know. I'm going to give an example, okay? If you are working nine to five, you work a nine to five, but then you come to the church. Whatever you do for the church is volunteer. Y'all got me. So i, I would ask asking Lord, okay, where do I fit in here? And I know that I, my my schedule is always crazy. I'm always talking, but I'm also what I'm called to do. I'm also getting paid for. You understand? As a pastor, I'm on a salary. So if I'm on a salary, then. Um, one of the things that I heard from a minister, another minister that was called up to heaven, Andrew told him, he said, well, oh no, he said, you don't get a reward for all of that. He said, because you were getting paid for it to, do it, get paid to do that. So so I got to figure, so y'all understand what I am? So I got to figure out, okay, what extra things do I got to be doing? Volunteering, serving, doing this, going on the street. Y'all this, is how, this is how pastors lose their reward is because they think that because they are a preacher, th- y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? I'm just being real. I'm, I gotta help you by giving you a window into my life, and this is why if you don't have a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't learn how to call unto me and I'll show you these things, if you don't have personal time with the Lord where everything is quiet, you're in your room, you got your Bible, and you're praying, Lord, I'm just coming to seek you, reveal to me. You gotta study the Word on your own. So as you start seeing these things, mm, I didn't even know that. And you, jo- you should have a notepad. You should have your own notepad. I ain't losing mine. Psh trying to get everybody else's too. He said, you can't have mine. Okay, so these are the nine character traits to be developed. It's called the nine fruits of the spirit. Now, remember what the scripture said? It says, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And guess what? Uh, Branches on fruit trees bear what? So if you're the branch, it means you're responsible for cultivating and creating your own fruit. These are the nine fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> and in order to walk in all of this, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to be in the word. Huh? I'm in the way. This big old screen look like it's a movie theater and I'm still in the way. Okay? So order to walk in this, you're going to have to be in the word, you're going to have to pray, you're going to have to worship and praise the Lord to help him fill you with his peace and his joy and his presence and you're going to have to definitely have, you know, humility and, and you to have the love of God and you're going to have to have sacrifice, you're going to be persecuted, all of this type of stuff. I got to go through all of this stuff. And it's nine gifts of the Spirit. It's nine gifts Fruits of the spirit and it's nine gifts of the spirit. The nine fruits of the spirit will talk will determine how much power you walk in sometimes with the nine gifts of the spirit. So why is nine? I don't know why it's nine, but I haven't I haven't really studied it yet. But I can pretty much guarantee you that those nine fruits of the spirit coincide. One of them coincides with each gifts of the spirit. This is crazy stuff, ain't it? Yes, good stuff. Okay, so seven things needed to build your home in heaven. Four things that strength. I'm just giving you what we're going to be teaching for the rest of the year. When we get into the details... One minute you're going to feel like crying. Another minute you're going to feel like shouting. Another minute you're going to be like, you have got to be kidding me. This is the reason why I feel depressed. This is the reason why I feel like I have no purpose. This is why I feel like I have no value because nobody told me that it was based on every little thing that I did that would create an eternity. And so now everybody is wondering, what is my purpose? What are my purpose? How many of y'all know to do all of this stuff is going to take all day? Galatians 5, through 23. We'll read the scripture that this goes along with. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Here they go, all nine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Yeah. So, seven things to build your home in heaven. Four things to strengthen and determine your motives. The nine character traits to be developed. And by the way... As you develop the nine fruits of the spirit, you are also developing trees on the other side. You are going to be taken to a field of trees and gardens where it's supposed to be flowers. And they're going to show you your field because your development in planet Earth was that development in eternity. You want to hear the craziest testimony that I have ever heard in my life of an Indian woman. That spent her life rescuing girls out of sex slavery. A person was taken to heaven and shown this. This Indian woman spent her life rescuing girls out of sex slavery. And the angel showed her this is her memorial, but she is not here because she rejected Jesus. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It doesn't matter. Works don't get you into heaven. It is your belief in Jesus that gets you there. And after you accept Jesus, your behavior determines how you live there. But if you have the behavior without the belief, you don't go there. Last one. These are the nine channels of power that you're supposed to walk in. How I many know we're going someplace for real? These are the nine channels of power. There's also nine. Nine fruits of the Spirit, nine channels of power. The first three tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Those are the three that say something. The next three word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Those are the three gifts that reveal something. So, word of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit gives me a word. You see this in our services almost every time. Gives me a word about a person's present or past for the purpose of blessing them or delivering them, of them. Word of wisdom is when Lord gives us a supernatural word concerning the person's future. That's a word of wisdom. Discerning of spirits is when the Lord gives you the ability to see into the spiritual realm. You can see angels, demons. You can see all type of crazy stuff. You can see heaven. You can see hell. You get taken there. That's discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is the Lord opens up someone's eyes in the congregation, happens all the time, and they can see how many angels are in the room. Or they can see Jesus standing over there. Or they see all of these different type of things that happen all the time. I remember a friend, see, the Lord gave her a vision. She said Mozart was playing the keyboard. But in the spiritual realm, she said in the natural realm, she said his hands moved across the keyboard In the spiritual realm. She said the keyboard went on forever in both directions. His hands were still, but the keyboard moved. That's discerning of spirits. Those are the three giftings that reveal something. Then the last three is gifts of healing, working of miracles, special faith. Those are the three that do stuff or move stuff. The reason why you generally don't see those three in operation in most churches is because that's the power, highest level, and it requires humility and love that most preachers don't have. And if you walk in power like that without love and humility, you instantly become prideful. And you'll think that you're better and, you know, Y'all know what I'm saying. So those are the three. Three say something. Three reveal something. Three, I like to say move something. Okay. And the Bible does make, we'll look at 1 Corinthians, this is the last scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, NASB version. It said, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. You know what he just told you? All of our ministries and all of our functions are supposed to look differently. Right now, everybody's trying to copycat off each other. You're supposed to be different. Sometimes, you being different is the only way you can make a difference. Because everything else is the same. You're trying to be like everybody else. For what? It's plenty of everybody else. <laughs> what? Yeah, it is. There's plenty. I know that didn't sound right, but it still sounded good. I mean, there's plenty of everybody else. What's deep is it doesn't matter what there is plenty of. There's always room for more. People keep coming out with the, y'all. How many, know, pizza is pizza. But they got this new pizza joint in Kennesaw called mod pizza. I'm just like, who invented this? This is off the chain. It's my pizza. It's like an assembly line. You just go in there and they got just everything you can imagine. And you say, I want this in here. I want that, 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 that. that." And they put it in the oven and come out five minutes later. Go in there the place packed. Like pizza just came out last week. I mean, it's just packed. You know why? Because somebody did something different. It's always, it's called creativity. It's this guy that my kids introduced me to. Not personally, but Oh, what's that guy's name? Tico? Tokyo, Tokyo. Tokyo Myers. Oh. Tokyo Myers. Look him up. Young black kid from England. And he merges... It's, you can't even explain what he does. You can't even explain it. He just... He takes hip-hop, R&B, classical music and everything and creates his own one-man show playing the piano with some D-pads and... And, and one moment, and he always gets you. He starts out and he plays classical music. And when he plays, he plays, he's classically trained. I mean, he plays with the hand movements. I mean, you can tell that this man has become one with the music. I mean, you're sitting there like, oh, I'm such a heathen, I don't even know what classical music means. I mean, the man is classically trained. You feel like you are listening to Beethoven to somebody. And then he switches it on you. And then, bump, 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 bump. Bum, <laughs> and then he ends it by going back to classical. Well, Simon told him. He said, nobody's done this before. He said, that's why you're going to make it. Right? So anyway, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are not as variety, variety of ministries, but it's the same Lord. So it's only the spirit and the Lord that are the same. Everything else is supposed to be different. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things and all persons. That gets rid of that. Well, Never mind. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Notice it said common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the one spirit, to another the effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. And then I'm going to get into this. This is later. But the scripture says, whatever gifts that you have. It says the one thing that you can covet are other gifts. So if you you, if you work and operate in if the Holy Spirit gave you word of wisdom and word of knowledge, the scripture says it is okay for you to cover and desire gifting that you don't have. If you see somebody else walk in something, it is okay for you to want it too. Scripture tells you what you should want and what you shouldn't. It says don't compare yourselves to one another though, because that's not wise. Okay? So That's I just gave you a general overview of the details of which we're going to go into. Um, And you're going to feel like you never read the Bible in your life. I can't. I mean, I just I I read the Bible now. and Hours go by. I don't even know it. I mean, it's supposed to be done anyway because of me. You know, but you know what the Lord helped me with the Lord helped me with falling into false humility. False humility is, well, you know, Lord, I'm a preacher, so I need to give all of my money away. No, that's false humility. The Lord took me to the scripture today that says that the labor is worthy of his hire. And it says that those who rule well, let them be worthy of double honor. I wish it said double money, but it said double honor. <laughs> it didn't say that, though. It came manipulated. Hey. So, but it said, let them worthy, be worthy of double honor. And it says... Uh, let them, it does say let them receive their pay well. And it says you should not muzzle the ox, the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn. You know, in other words, when you're using an animal out there, you know, in the field, it says don't cover his mouth, let him eat while he's working. So God and God is not for this thing about preachers being broke. But I will tell you this, Bishop Oedipo, this blew me away. I can't remember what year, it was way back when, with Bishop Oudipo, he went to the Lord and said, Lord, I've given you everything I can give. I mean, you know, that's a bold statement. Is there anything more? Lord said, yeah, give me your salary since you're asking. He gave his salary up and didn't tell his congregation for 16 years. He said, when he gave his salary up, the Lord told him this one statement before he left the mountain. He said, even if you don't want it, it is too late. I have made you rich. Because you can never give up something and put God in a position like he owes you. Okay. So the cool thing is, is that the system was created for eternity. But there's still rewards on this side. Remember what the disciples said, y'all. It's, it's all throughout the Bible. But but men been trying to preach stuff for down here. Remember what the disciples said. They said they said, Lord, we left all. What will we get? Notice God didn't. Jesus didn't rebuke them for asking them what they would get. He said, Well, since you're asking, He said, You can't give up what you gave up and not get a hundredfold back. He said, While you are living, and then in eternity also. So don't fall into this false humility where I don't know if I'm going to have a right to ask God how to build up my reward and how I can get the most chips as possible. If they did not want you to have the most chips as possible, they would have never told you how to get them and then told you to focus on how to get it. It's only two things for us. Belief gets you in heaven and behavior determines how you live there forever. And there are some things that you're not supposed to do. And there are some things you are supposed to do. The things that you are supposed to do, if you don't do them, is the equivalent of you doing something that you weren't supposed to do. Right now, the body of Christ focuses on on the sins like fornication, adultery, cussing, and all of those different type of things and and all of those. But it's just as bad if God told you to do these things. It is still sin, and also you're hurting yourself. Paul said, make sure that you daily look at these things so you get your full reward. God wants us to have our full reward. And this is the deep part, y'all. There is no cap on it. As far as you go, they'll go. This is what's crazy. This is what I mean by I. I've been in church since I was born. And nobody ever said that you could write your own ticket for eternity. And and it's there's there's just a lot of things that we don't understand about the afterlife. So maybe that's why the Bible says that's where your attention is supposed to be studying that every single day. And can you imagine if 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 we just start studying this subject and asking the Lord to reveal to us what the other side is like so that we can figure out exactly what to do down here. You think the Lord is going to withhold that promise from us? No. When he told us to seek it in the first place, why would they ever ask you to seek an arena without them wanting you to know what was in that arena? So if they said, put your sights on heaven and think about those things, why would they ask you to do that if they didn't plan on revealing to you everything that was up there that you could handle? So we got a a long way to go, but we're going to get there in a short period of time. Okay? So, you know, I'm quite serious about this. So I gave you all of that because now in your personal study, you can start looking at this. You can judge yourself instantly. Praise and worship, prayer, word time, tithing, Giving, evangelizing, and what? Sacrifice. Oh, thank you, servant. Servant. There are some people that go to church and they don't do any of those. That's really, really sad. They don't get here for praise and worship on time. I can guarantee you they don't pray. They don't read the Bible at home. They definitely don't tithe, and they don't give. They don't serve. Thank you. <laughs> but let me tell you, let me tell you where Lionheart Church is at this exact moment at hey, this exact moment, this is where Lionheart Church is. You remember the guy? He created this great big old feast. And he told his guy, now go invite everybody that I have wanted to be here. Invite this person, this person. said the guy went out there and everybody started making an excuse. And the guy, said, so the guy got mad. He said, fine. He said, since all of the people have deemed themselves unworthy, he said, now go out there and get the prostitutes and the homeless people and all of the ones that are the downcast in society. And he said, don't spare. He said, go into the gutters and the alleys. He said, bring them all in. And then after that, Jesus told the religious guys, he said, the homeless people and the prostitutes will get into the kingdom before you will. That's where we are right now. Because there are some people, not a whole lot, but there are a few people even at this church. The Lord brought them to one of the greatest churches and they just treat this like this is trash. Okay? (laughs) In there. Ew. <laughs> y'all don't even be waiting till I finish boy they just be come on I'm sorry. then they say then they apologize while they take I'm the microphone I'm <laughs> just messing with you later. Um I'm just messing with you
1: I have to share it's, it's a little tough for me to share because it's, it's not nice but um, the Lord said this while we were finishing that praise and worship He said, I have given each one of you the measure you need to reap your full reward in heaven. Nothing more, nothing less. Some of you cannot access access your portion because you refuse to let go of those deep things in your heart. Some of the main culprits are jealousy, selfish ambition, which is wrong motives, envy, tied to wrong motives, anger and unforgiveness and competition which is wrong motives he said come to me and i can purify your heart then you will be able to access what is already provided to you he said if you operate in jealousy and selfish ambition is the love for me truly real if you are envious of others is your humility real When you sacrifice for me, are your motives pure or are they for recognition? And a lot of you run from persecution because your lack of true commitment to Christ. He said, to the one who multiplies what he has been given, more will be given. But you can't even multiply what you've been given because you can't access your portion. Because of those things in your heart that you refuse to let go of. So heed the word of the Lord. You cannot fool him. Hmm. You know, if these things are here, you are only fooling yourself, and you will be truly hurt when you get to heaven and realize that you have nothing. Amen.
0: That has been, and, and, my uh, heart bleeds every single day because of this, seriously. This has been the most difficult thing for me to study because as I study it, I see the areas that I need to improve upon and I know I'm going to do it. It's not an issue of going to do it. I mean, with me, I just make—I don't even pray. I just make adjustments and start doing it. But, but there are faces that the Lord flashes before me and um, there are people that I have to talk to and the Lord already told me they're not going to listen to you. I'm just having you talk to them anyway. And uh, and I see people in their arrogance. Uh, you know, it's it is it's a very very difficult, very very difficult thing. It's very very difficult, at least on me emotionally. It's very very difficult. And so, uh, but with this, uh, I had to make the decision. Okay, I got to turn this heat up. I got to blast everybody, and that's why I said. In order for me to do this, I have to start a war with everybody. They're not going to like, I mean, I got to judge. You know what I mean by this? I got to judge preachers. I got to judge Christians. I got to judge believers, you know, business people. And they're not going to like this. It's amazing what conviction does for some people. It hardens them like Pharaoh. When the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart and he wouldn't let the people go didn't mean that he literally turned his heart hard. It meant that the word hardened Pharaoh's heart because of his pride. And that's why God used Pharaoh. He said, well, I know your your pride is running thick and deep, so I'm going to use that for my personal advantage. Since you are so prideful, then I will use you to show the world forever how my power works against those that are like you. You will ultimately be destroyed. So, you know, I'm still overwhelmed because when I tell you you know that this this right here did it for me, and I'm about to let you go in a second. But this did it for me. You know, um, it's a lot of pride in ministry. It's a lot of pride, a lot of arrogance, a lot of comparison, a lot of competition. And um, and I'll never share it with you all, but the enemy was the enemy was using something against me. Just it was the only thing I couldn't shake. I've been able to shake everything. This I couldn't shake. No matter what I did, I pray. Fast, it would subside and come back. You know, and then I realized what it was. It was that thorn in the flesh. Because of what I knew, you know, the enemy had assigned a demon to me. Because Paul had the same thing. He said he couldn't get rid of it. It's the only thing he couldn't get rid of. So he asked the Lord, I need you to do this. And the Lord said, No, my grace is sufficient. And I was dealing with the same thing. And so uh you'll never be able to, it's a lot of things, of course, that'll go to the grave. You'll hear about it on the other side. But, um, but y'all, this is a fight for forever. I want you to remember this. This right here is a fight for your forever. And you're going to have to live this. You're going to have to add. you, you, you gone all the days of you just coming to church. Y'all, you got to come to church to try to get more ammunition to hear what the Lord might say. Through the man of God or through the gifts of the spirit or, you know, no, my, the Lord told me something that was so powerful and we all got to judge ourselves. And unfortunately, it's the people that a lot of times are not here. I, I'll say certain statements through the week sometimes. So sometimes I have to say it on Saturday. But there are some things that people how can I put this? You must respect the written word in order for God to give you the spoken word. So that's something that the Lord shared with me here recently that's very, very serious. He said, in my word, I said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Now, we're not talking about a job or a situation or, you know, stuff like that. People got different, you know, there's a girl, she just joined our church and then she get a job where she can't even be here, period. So she's trying to get another job. We're going talking talk about stuff like that. But there are people that that they discount what the scripture says about the house of God. And God said that for people that carry themselves that way, he said they won't be given certain answers to advance themselves for the other side because they're not even respecting the written answer. There are things that when you obey it, God will then speak to you later on. There are times when the Lord will speak to you while you're driving down the street because you obeyed something like this. Or because you obeyed something like tithing. Or because you obeyed something like praying. You obeyed something like giving to somebody on the street. Okay? I mean, it's, it's, it's quite serious. And I understand that we're behind. But how many of y'all plan on catching up like me? I am not. Y'all, forever is forever. And I'm not going upstairs living in no two-shed. It's not going to happen. I personally take great offense to that. Sitting up here, giving my blood, sweat, and tears, counseling people and praying with people all day long. I go upstairs and live for two, shit forever. No, it's not gonna happen. Okay, I'll be the. Let me tell you something that happened. I'll be the very. Y'all remember that guy in the scripture that Jesus said, he he broke up into the upper level, <laughs> and the Lord said, "What you doing up here?" He didn't have an answer. He got thrown out. That would be me. I'm not. I'll be the very one trying to break up in there. Okay, not having that, but y'all, this is a glorious thing because you know what. It's not based on how much you know. It's based on how much you do. And we're going to make sure that you know. And now, it doesn't matter if nobody knows your name for the rest of your life. When we get to the other side, God will make sure that everybody knows your name, including the ones that you never met. So, let's go ahead and stand. Thank you, O Father. It's deep. I wish I could share some stuff I know.